16 will be to 1. The 16 will be to 1. Georgetown, Princeton. 1989, Georgetown, Princeton. Pete Carrill's my hero. Pete Carrill's my hero. Since 2012, four 15 seeds have beaten twos. Norfolk State, 21 point underdog beats Missouri. Huggy hates Stephen of Austin. 14 beat a three. 14 beat a three. 2016. Only twice in the last 18 years have the fives all beat the twelves. Seven years of the first four, one team has always made the second round of the tournament. Since 2000, only once have all the six seeds advanced. That was 2004. the take lock. Can you hear it? Can you sense it coming? The take lock, it's everywhere. It's like a virus that just won't go away. You see, now that we're headed to March, all of those diehard fans of those teams that are going to make the NCAA tournament, they're going to give you the reason why their team is going to go to the Final Four, why their team is really, really good. And despite all the objective evidence that is being shown throughout the games, throughout the college basketball landscape, throughout the year, those diehard fans are going to ignore it. And they will stay with their take lock. Take lock fans number one, the Duke Blue Devils. Oh, the Dukies. They're 24 and 6. Well, Bagley was hurt, they'll say. Oh, the Dukies. Well, they weren't playing defense early in the year. Now they are. They'll quote you all these metrics. They'll talk a little Ken Palm. They'll talk a little points per possession. They'll give you all the details. But the facts are this. They lost against Virginia at home. Then they beat a shorthanded Notre Dame team at home. Then they lost at St. John's. Explain that one. Ken Palm fans. Then they lost at North Carolina. Then they won at Georgia Tech. Then they won against Virginia Tech. Then they won against Clemson, who was missing multiple players. Then they beat Louisville, who's terrible. Then they beat Syracuse at home. But tonight, 
they go to Virginia Tech. Now you're going to hear it's senior night. It's Buzz Williams. It's Virginia Tech. Oh, they were a sleeping giant. They were a sleeping giant because you lost to them. Were they a sleeping giant against Louisville, a team that's been in free fall, who beat them at home last game? Were they a sleeping giant when they got buried by 22 against Duke at home? Were they a sleeping giant when they lost by 22 at Duke? Were they a sleeping giant when they lost to Miami by nine at home? Nope. They were an up and down team, like 80% of the college basketball landscape. And tonight, they beat Duke. Grayson Allen continued to play well. That was nice. But Wendell Carter didn't. Only had five points. Marvin Bagley has returned from injury, had a whopping 12 points tonight. And the bench. Oh, you're going to hear a lot about the bench now playing. Okay, bench. Trayvon Duvall came off the bench because we're going to start Jared Delorier and his four points and his five rebounds. Alex O'Connell hit a three. Their bench is terrible. Duke is now sticking with the zone more and more, which is going to slow down the points per game. And they have no offensive flow whatsoever. Trayvon Duval has been benched because their offense wasn't running smoothly because, as Rob Doster correctly said, he's not a point guard. So again, what I said at the beginning of the year, which is can Coach K meld the talent together of all these McDonald's and Burger King All-Americans, can he put it together like Cal has in the past with Kentucky? And the answer so far is no. Hasn't done it this year. He has no point guard. Grayson Allen is a heart rate monitor with his scoring. Marvin Bagley's hurt. Wendell Carter's up and down. Delorier's useless. And their bench is terrible. So take lock number one. Oh, Duke is rounding into form and their defense will come around. I don't think so. Take lock number two. Kentucky's hot. Here come the Wildcats. Big Blue Nation. Three wins in a row. Alabama at home. At Arkansas, no one wins at Arkansas. And Missouri at home. Those are solid wins. They're not earth-shattering wins when you're coming off four consecutive losses, which is following three consecutive wins, which is following two consecutive losses, which is following two consecutive wins, which followed a loss at Tennessee. Oh, they solved their problems. Kentucky's finally getting their roles established. Really, roles. Who's the go-to score this time? Is it... Kevin Knox? Well, Kevin Knox has been better lately. 18, 19, 13, 23, 21. Problem is, they lost two of those games. The other issue is, Kevin Knox can't beat you off the dribble. Kevin Knox isn't like Malik Monk, who can soar through the air and dunk. Kevin Knox is a weeble. He's a stationary shooter, and he has to be set up. And any team with semblance of defense is going to be able to limit him in a big spot. Well, Gildas Alexander is really rounded into form. He's taken over the point guard roles. Yeah, looked good against Missouri. 14 points, 8 assists, 5 rebounds. Game before, 18 points, 7 assists, 5 rebounds. At Arkansas, game against Alabama, 6 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds. Game against Auburn, 9 points, 3 assists, 5 rebounds. You don't know which one you're getting with, with Gilgis Alexander. He's too up and down. They also shot well from three in the game against Missouri at home. 10 of 16, 62% from three-point range. That doesn't usually happen, folks. Coming off the bench, I'm a huge fan of Jared Vanderbilt. You know that. Played 27 minutes, had 15 rebounds the other night. I think Jared Vanderbilt has to find his way into the starting lineup for them to have any chance. But when I look at Kentucky, I see a very inconsistent team. I see a team with no identity. Is their point guard Gilders Alexander? Is it Quade Green? 
Because if you have two point guards, you have no point guard. There's no go-to scorer. Knox is a shooter, not a scorer. Hamadou Diallo, who Calipari is staying with, which I respect, still looks lost. Let's not go nuts over an 11.2 rebound game. But I see a hole is greater than the sum of the parts team. And I don't see any identities. And Wenyan Gabriel's useless. And I think that they're going to struggle. I think a team with a good point guard, I think a team that's going to pressure, that has an identity, could beat them. I think Vermont would be a horrific matchup for Kentucky. They've already played him and almost beat him in the beginning of the year in Lexington. So Vermont gets Anthony Lamb back. That's a matchup they don't want. The Kentucky take lock is strong. They think they're going to win the SEC tournament. They see Auburn slipping. They see a Tennessee team they know they can beat. But the take lock's there, folks, for Big Blue Nation. And I don't see it. And the last take lock I see, and we talked about this on the podcast a couple nights ago, Nevada. I love Nevada. I love what Musselman's doing. I love watching them play. They can score with anybody. The Martin brothers are an impossible matchup. Jordan Caroline. But they lost Lindsey Drew. Kendall Stevens has a hurt hand. And this is not a deep team. So Nevada is going to be a very popular upset pick for a lot of brackets. And I think right now it's a coin flip where they get by the first round. I think the matchup is critical. And if you came to me three weeks ago, I'd probably have Nevada in the Sweet 16 at a minimum. And my partner had Nevada going to the Elite Eight last year. That's another one. And their fans are loyal. So Take Lock has taken over college basketball. It's incredible. And I love it. The passion, the fans. So tonight when we do our second practice for March Madness, our second bracket, we will stay objective. I will continue to be Mike Randall objective. Mikey objective, if you will. And I will analyze it with the new information. I will analyze it after watching the weekend games. I will analyze it after the Arizona scandal with no Sean Miller. And we will take a look this week at Jerry Palm's bracket on CBS Sports and look at his bracketology and project who our champions would be if this was the bracket and the NCAA tournament started today. And let's jump right into Jerry Palm's updated 2018 NCAA Division I Men's Basketball Championship bracket. Let's go to the South region. Now, I tell you how important this is and how badly I want to be right. So we have the playing game, which we're going to focus on. We got Bethune-Cookman out of the MEAC versus Arkansas Pine Bluff out of the SWAC. Now, you know that I love SWAC basketball. It's an exciting brand of basketball, and they've had some success in the past with stunning top-seeded teams and giving them a lot of trouble. So we're going to take Arkansas Pine Bluff, who just snapped Grambling's 11-game winning streak on the road, and we'll take them to move past Bethune-Cookman and into the first round against Virginia, the number one seed, where they will bow out gracefully to Virginia, who will not be upset with their brand of defense in the first round. So Virginia moving on there. The next game is Arizona State versus Middle Tennessee State. If you've paid any attention to this podcast, you know what the answer to this one is. Middle Tennessee State, Nick King, Giddy Potts, Kermit Davis doing a great job leading the team. Six toughest non-conference strength of schedule. Big wins. They're hot in Conference USA. They're going to be a handful for any team. And I'm going to certainly put them past the frenetic up and down Arizona State Sun Devils, the number nine seed, Middle Tennessee State, moving on. Next, number five seed, Gonzaga versus Loyola Chicago. Now, Loyola Chicago with a big win in Florida this year. Loyola Chicago plays great defense. And this is a 5-12 game. Could be nervous, right? Don't see it. Don't see it because of one name, and that's Rory Hashimura. He's the matchup problem. He can go inside. He can go outside. He comes off the bench, causes a ton of trouble. Even though Josh Perkins is some question marks at point guard, I see Gonzaga not falling upset to the typical 5-12 game and moving on here. 
Number four, Wichita State versus Louisiana. The raging Cajuns of Louisiana out of the Sun Belt. Tough team. First place in the conference, dominating. Beat Iowa. Beat a Big Ten team this year. But Wichita State's for real. They're just starting to get warmed up. They're just starting to fine-tune everything. The defense is coming along. Marcus McDuffie looked good, 26 points last game. Wichita State is the four seed. will move on. Next game, six-seeded Seton Hall Pirates for its number 11 Alabama Crimson Tide. Again, if you've listened to this podcast, you know where this is going. Seton Hall is not well coached. I think Alabama is. Alabama's been very up and down. They've lost a lot of close games. They can play their way in. They can play their way out. But they do have some nice wins this year. They did beat Auburn at home without Colin Sexton. They did go, to, go on the road and beat Florida. And I haven't seen big wins from Seton Hall all year. They couldn't even beat a Rhode Island team earlier this year without E.C. Matthews. So give me the 11 seed Alabama, upsetting 6 seed at Seton Hall and moving on. Next, number three, Texas Tech versus Charleston, 14 seed. Texas Tech with their brand of defense and Keenan Evans, even though tonight they're having trouble with West Virginia on the road, getting pounded. I think they were down 15-0. That defense, plus Chris Beard is a great coach, plus Keenan Evans, who certainly before the injury was making a strong case for player of the year in the Big 12, they're not going to get tripped up by Charleston. The three-seed Red Raiders will move on. Number seven-seed Arkansas versus number 10 Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech with a huge win tonight. Huge win. Arkansas is very tough at home. This would be a great game. Mike Anderson's Arkansas Razorbacks. Versus the number 10 seed, Virginia Tech Hokies. Both teams are not great away from home. But Texas Tech has been a little too up and down for my liking. And I like the fact that Arkansas played in the SEC this year. And so even though Arkansas struggled on the road, I think Virginia Tech is well coached by Buzz Williams. But they do make mistakes. They don't necessarily shoot it well on the road. So give me Arkansas here in a very, in a very close game. This would be a one-point point spread game. Moving on to the second round, seven seed Razorbacks. And the last game, the Northern Kentucky Norse versus Michigan State. Love Michigan State here. Don't see them as an upset candidate in the first round. Great coach, great players, depth, shooters off the bench. All adds up to a pretty safe pick for Michigan State moving on. Next round, UVA versus Middle Tennessee State, 1 versus 9. You know I'd want to put the Red Raiders through. I really, really would. This is one of the bad matchups for Kermit Davis and Middle Tennessee State. They're not going to see the type of defense that UVA plays they're not going to have it replicated. It's tough off a short weekend, too, off that two days later to turn around. Advantage UVA. I like Virginia moving on here against Middle Tennessee State, but it would be a close game. But I'll take the Cavaliers as the one seed moving on. Gonzaga versus Wichita State. Probably one of the top five games of the entire tournament because you will see two teams that will push the pace, two teams that are exceptionally well coached with, coached with Greg Marshall and Mark Few. The great Landry Shamit, advantage Wichita State. The big guys inside, Rory Hashimura, advantage to Gonzaga. I will go with Wichita State here. I think Gonzaga's weaker schedule and Wichita State's much stronger out-of-conference schedule besides the PK-80 will play a role. I like the way Wichita State is playing. They're going to play some better teams here along the way. And I don't think Gonzaga is going to be able to match them on both ends of the floor, especially when they don't shoot threes well against a kid like Landry Shamit, who shoots over 45% from three-point range. So give me the four seed of Wichita State Shockers moving on. Bottom bracket, number six, number 11 seeded Alabama versus number three seeded Texas Tech. Texas Tech is an interesting team. They do go through these spurts of scoring problems. And I think Colin Sexton, knowing that he's playing himself into a possible top five NBA draft pick 
He's going to come ready to play. I think you could get the John Petty game here where he gets hot from three-point rage. Dante Hall inside will be able to battle with those Texas Tech guys. So I really like the 11-seeded Alabama Crimson Tide moving on and upsetting a Texas Tech team that just simply will not be right after this Keenan Evans injury. They're a Jenga puzzle. They're very delicate. Of course, Zach Smith being out hurts them as well. And I think Alabama and Avery Johnson will move into the Sweet 16 with a great win over Texas Tech. And on the bottom... Arkansas versus Michigan State. Even if you like Virginia Tech here, neither team matches up well with Michigan State. They're going to run. This is not a contrast in styles. This is not the game that you want if you're looking to see Michigan State lose. Michigan State will move on, giving us the one seed UVA, the four seed Wichita State, the 11 seed Alabama Crimson Tide. That's our upset special and two seeded Michigan State. Going into the Elite Eight, UVA versus Wichita State. This will be the matchup that UVA will not want. This will be a team that will be able to give them tough defense and be deep as well, which UVA is not, and be able to score. Shamit will cause a lot of problems for Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome, and Greg Marshall can match Tony Bennett, one of the few coaches that can. So give me the four-seeded Wichita State Shockers moving on to the Elite Eight and knocking off number one-seeded UVA. On the bottom of the bracket, Michigan State rolls through. Alabama, again, not the matchup that they want there. I'll take Michigan State, the Spartans, moving on, beating Alabama with Cassius Winston, Joshua Langford, causing sex and problems. Petty can't give you three really good games in a row. If he's off, they're in trouble. I think Michigan State moves on easily. And then in an apocalyptic battle between number four-seeded Wichita State and number two-seeded Michigan State, I will take the Wichita State Shockers to advance to the final four out of the South bracket. They will take advantage of the turnovers that happen with Michigan State. The shooting will not be great on the road. Wichita State will be ready to roll. They'll have a very tough bracket to go through Gonzaga and UVA all the way to get through. Love what Greg Marshall's doing. Love what this team has. The depth off the bench, the shooters. They are a more disciplined version of Michigan State. That bad karma will catch catch up with Michigan State. Miles Bridges will fall short of his goal, coming back to go to the Final Four. And the Wichita State Shockers will find themselves in the Final Four in the South Bracket, moving on to San Antonio. Moving left to right, we're going to go across the bracket to the West Region. Where your number one seeded Kansas Jayhawks will play Wagner out of the Northeast Conference, and Kansas will have no trouble with Wagner moving on. Don't see that as a matchup that will cause Kansas problems. They will move on to the second round. In a very close matchup, number eight, Butler versus number nine, Florida State. This is a tough one. Neither team really impresses me. I think Butler's been good at home. They have Keelan Martin, who'll be the best player on the floor. Florida State defends, but then sometimes they're up and down. Terrence Mann is good, but he goes absent once in a while. They got the big man inside Florida State. I like Butler. I think Keelan Martin's the best player on the floor. I think Butler, who gives Villanova all sorts of trouble with Kamar Baldwin at the point, I like the Bulldogs to move on in a very close game against Leonard Hamilton's bunch. Laval Jordan, in his first year coaching, moves Butler on. They get to the second round. Number five, Arizona versus number 12, New Mexico State. Can you even possibly make an argument why I wouldn't put New Mexico State through here? Of course I would. Jamario Jones, we love him. Gus is a huge fan of New Mexico State. Arizona, Lorenzo Romar will be coaching. Aiden will want to play, and the big guy inside will cause problems, but they'll be able to match up with him. This is a 5-12 game. This is a disastrous seed for Arizona. No one wants to mess with New Mexico State. I certainly don't. 
12 seeded Mexico State moving on, upsetting Arizona. Right below them, number four seeded Rhode Island, number 13 seeded Buffalo. Buffalo doing a nice job, but Rhode Island has it all. They have the guards. Barry inside is a decent big man. Danny Hurley's got him playing very well. Rhode Island's been in every single game, even the game at St. Bonaventure, which was an impossible spot. They played really, really well. Give me Rhode Island moving on to the second round, going to the bottom part of the bracket, the play-in game, Louisville. Versus USC, a USC team that right now is a half game out of first place in the Pac-12. Arizona's probably going to win it. They got two home games, but give me USC against the Louisville team in free fall. It's going to be Paget in his first time as a coach in the tournament. They're not playing well. They had a nice win in Virginia Tech, but unless Quentin Snyder has another six threes, I don't see them even keeping this one close. USC won the playing game last year. They ended up beating SMU in the second round, and I like them moving on here into the second round, into the first round, where they, as the 11 seed, will face number six seeded Nevada. And just as they did to you to SMU last year, they will do it again to Nevada this year, knocking Nevada out. They have size inside with Metu. They have size inside with Boatwright. McLaughlin does a great job at point guard. That's what Nevada doesn't have. This is a bad matchup for Nevada. Give me USC as the 11 seed, moving on straight to the round of 32. Next game, three, Purdue versus number 14, UNC Greensboro. Purdue has balance. Purdue has Haas. Purdue has everything. A great point guard, Carson Edwards. No problem there for Purdue. Don't worry about that upset. That game will be put away early. Three seed Boilermakers move on. The number seven seed of Houston versus number 10 seed of Missouri. Houston's been a frenetic team. It's hard to figure them out. They're up. They're down. Rob Gray can score, but on the road, they can lose. I'll take Missouri. They're from the tougher conference. SEC, Michael Porter may even play. There's a rumor now the NBA players are telling him he should play. If that's the case and Porter comes back, boy, are they a live 10 seed. Give me Mizzou. Moving on to the second round. And on the bottom, North Carolina Tar Heels, seeded number two here in your West bracket, will defeat the Montana Grizz and move on into the second round. Going back up to the top of the bracket, number one seeded Kansas versus number eight seeded Butler. Butler causes problems for Villanova, but I like Kansas moving on here. It's a short turnaround. I just don't think they have it all together for back-to-back games. They've done a nice job at home, but on the road here to beat Florida State and then come back and beat Kansas and what will be a very partisan Kansas crowd there. I don't buy it. Give me Kansas moving on to the Sweet 16. Number 12, New Mexico State. Number four, Rhode Island. I think this is where the Aggies' dream dies. I think Rhode Island goes on here between, behind E.C. Matthews and Jared Terrell, who'll be the best player on the floor. No offense to Jamario Jones. Rhodey will move on here as the four seed. And on the bottom, both seeds will hold. This will be the chalk bracket. I can tell you that, folks. The only chalk bracket we have. The three-seeded Purdue Boilermakers will move on and dispose of USC because they will have balance both inside and outside. And North Carolina will dispose of Missouri with or without Michael Porter, and they will move on, giving us one-seeded Kansas, four-seeded Rhode Island, three-seeded Purdue, and two-seeded North Carolina. And while that is chalk, the results in the Elite Eight will not be, as number four, Rhode Island, will upset Kansas and go into the Elite Eight. This will be a live game. This will be the game that they don't shoot well, and the Rams will move on and defeat Kansas to go into the Elite Eight as Danny Hurley gets ready to go to another job and leave Rhode Island, which is what I think would happen. And on the bottom of the bracket, we'd have another upset, a mild one. The Purdue Boilermakers as number three would move on and go into the Elite Eight, and they would play Rhode Island, where Purdue 
would move forward out of the Big Ten and get into the Final Four, stopping Rhode Island's dream. Carson Edwards, Vincent Edwards, Dakota Mathias, even Harms off the bench. I think that Painter isn't great in a big spot, but he's going up against Danny Hurley, who is also unproven, and I think that's a wash. So give me the team with the better talent, and that's giving Purdue. Moving on to the Final Four in San Antonio. And before we get to the East Bracket, guys, you know, ever since we started this podcast, we've been doing SDS lines. People keep tweeting us and emailing us. They want to know advice. They want to know who we bet on, what we're betting on, but most importantly, they want to know where we're betting. Well, let me tell you this. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. So that's why I always tell people to go to the site that I go to, which is mybookie.ag. MyBookie has been in this business for years. Their rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses. So right off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing. You put in $100, they give you $100. You put in $500, they give you $500. They have the fastest payouts in the business with 48-hour processing. When you win, you get paid. You guys know who's going to win, right? You know these spreads. You have feelings on these games. We'll lay down some cash and win big today. We wouldn't recommend this to any of the listeners if we didn't do it ourselves and we didn't like it and think it was a reputable site, and it certainly is. It's been good to me, and it can be great to you. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to mybookie.ag. They have in-game wagering, live betting, and the most rewarding player perks in the business and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 100% bonus. Use the promo code SDS. That's right. Use the promo code SDS to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. MyBookie.ag. Heading back down to the east bracket. This is on the same side as the south. We have that playing game between Florida Gulf Coast and the Nichols Colonels. Folks, I don't know how Florida Gulf Coast would be a 16 seed, and if they were, they certainly would win this game. They are a dangerous team. They play tough at Wichita State. They won at Texas Arlington. This should not be a 16 seed. If they win this Atlantic Sun Conference tournament after winning the regular season, they should be nowhere near 16, 15, 14, something like that. But if they were a 16 seed, they will give Villanova all they can handle in the first round, but Villanova will certainly move on. So give me Florida Gulf Coast winning their playing game against Nichols, but then losing to Villanova. The 8-9 game here in the East region is Texas A&M versus NC State. Texas A&M is not playing well lately. They have disarray. They have no team chemistry, and they have an NC State team that is the exact opposite. They are well coached. They are playing well. They've won four games in a row in the ACC for the first time since 2006. So give me the Wolfpack advancing. Mild upset, 9 seed Wolfpack moving on to the second round. 5 seed Kentucky versus 12 seed UCLA. Kentucky's coming together. They're playing very well. No one would pick UCLA. I would pick UCLA. You have Steve Alford. You have Welsh inside. You have Aaron Holiday, who's been fantastic to see her point guard. Very underrated. I think UCLA would advance. I think that we get payback in a matchup that we had last year in the Elite Eight between in the Sweet 16 between UCLA and Kentucky. So I like UCLA in a huge upset here, but it's 5-12 game nonetheless to move on behind the play of the point guard because Kentucky doesn't have one. Four-seed Ohio State versus 13-seed of Missouri. Give me the Buckeyes moving on here. Best player on the floor, Kata Bates, Diop, and Chris Holtman, a great coach. Number six-seed TCU and number 11-seed Providence. I like TCU to move on here. I like TCU is with Jamie Dixon. I think Providence has been a little disappointing here. 
up and down all season. So give me the Horn Frogs out of the Big 12 to move on and defeat Providence. Number three seed Tennessee and number 14 seeded Ryder. Give me the Volunteers to move on here and to have a huge battle against TCU in the next round, knocking off Ryder. Seven seed Creighton versus 10 seed Florida. This is going to be frisky. A lot of people would like Creighton here, but Creighton away from home is a different animal. They don't have Crample. I know they have Foster. I know they have Kyrie Thomas, but Florida has a lot of players too, and they're starting to get hot. Kevon Allen is starting to shoot hot now and play very well. He had a big game last game. I think that continues. So give me Florida upsetting number seven Creighton as the 10 seed to move on to the next round. And Duke versus Penn. Would love to tell you, Penn. Can't do it with heart or head. The Blue Devils move on to the second round. Number one seed of Villanova versus nine seed of North Carolina State. North Carolina State knocked Villanova off a few years ago in the round of 32. They will not do the same here. Villanova, way too much balanced scoring. All around play, they will advance. You have the 12 seed UCLA Bruins and the four seed Ohio State Buckeyes. This would be the one that would make no sense. This would be the one that I'd be going with. And you think this is nuts? I will take UCLA to upset Ohio State, an Ohio State team that I think was picked 10th in the preseason polls in the Big Ten. I think they've overachieved the whole year. I think UCLA has a little bit more battle-tested. I like what they're doing with the point guard. Welsh inside will be able to match up with Kata Bates-Diap a little bit. So give me Alford advancing, ironically, to the Sweet 16 with a team that no one would pick. UCLA Bruins moving on, knocking off Ohio State, giving us a 12 seed in the Sweet 16 in the East Bracket. Number six seed, TCU versus number three, Tennessee. I still like TCU here moving on. I like what the Horned Frogs are doing. They're a team that's getting hot, that's playing well here at the end of the year. And I think Tennessee, much like Ohio State, has overachieved all year. So I think the dream ends a little early. And TCU behind Jamie Dixon gets into the Sweet 16 here, where they will face the Florida Gators. Yes, the Florida Gators who will face a Duke team that has a huge advantage inside, but off of their abilities and off of their strength and off of the great play that Florida did, and they should have beat Duke in PK-80 with this team. They will not be intimidated. They will score. They'll have a ton of great guards with experience, with Chris Chioza in the backcourt there. Give me Jalen Hudson making some shots, and I will pick Duke to go out early and lose to Florida in the Sweet 16 round, giving us a 10-seed Florida Gators team moving on to the Elite Eight. Villanova versus UCLA. I think this is a destruction. Villanova, way too balanced, plays everything so well. Both ends of the floor. The Wildcats is the one seed. Move on, where they will face the six-seeded TCU Horned Frogs. I don't like TCU. That's what's amazing about when you pick these brackets, right? I don't like TCU, yet I think they would move on here, and I think they do a real good job just because it's all about the draw, folks, and TCU would move on as the six-seed to play Villanova, and the Villanova Wildcats would move in to the final four, and they would be the one seed, the only one seed that I'll have, hint, hint, preview, moving on into the final four in San Antonio out of the East region. And folks, now we hit the last region. Now we hit the Midwest region, and there's always a blow-up bracket, and you are about to enter Mike Randall's blow-up bracket, according to Jerry Palm's bracketology here. Number one, Xavier versus number 16, UNC Asheville. No problems there. There, Xavier moves on as the one seed. Number eight, Miami versus number nine, Oklahoma. Miami's banged up. Bruce Brown's not playing. I don't know if he'll be back. I think Trey Young's got one win in him. I think he's going to be a tough matchup. I think the kid's good enough to get through one game. So giving nine-seeded Oklahoma Sooners moving on, upsetting Miami slightly to move on to play Xavier. Here comes the craziness. 
Number five, West Virginia versus number 12, South Dakota State. South Dakota State and Mike Dom have been in this tournament before. West Virginia has been up and down the whole year. They're not going to be able to pressure Reed Tellingheisen and company, and South Dakota State is going to pull the upset. Another 5-12 upset to give me three 5-12 upsets in this bracket Give me South Dakota State to upset the frenetic West Virginia who will go through a non-scoring problem for a long time. They're not going to get the fouls because they don't attack the basket enough. So give me Dom inside who will cause all sorts of problems. And South Dakota State with a huge upset moving into the next round where they will face the Vermont Catamounts who will upset Clemson in what will be the easiest upset pick for me. Clemson, no Grantham inside. Vermont looks like they're going to get Anthony Lamb back. He should play into shape here in the America East tournament. So he'll be ready to go. Vermont is better not having him because everybody else has had to step up. I love Vermont. I love John Becker. And against an undermanned Clemson team in the 13-4 game, love the Catamounts moving on there to give us a 12-13 matchup with South Dakota State. Bottom of the bracket. This would be one of the weakest possible brackets that could be put together, and you'll see who gets through. Number six, Michigan versus number 11, St. Bonaventure. I love St. Bonaventure. I just don't love them here. Moritz Wagner will be a problem inside. They shoot the three. They have a great coach in John Beeline. That's not a team that's going to get – they're not going to sneak up on John Beeline, folks. Okay, not after his success that he's had with Trey Burke. He got to the finals, which now he's claiming maybe he should have a title because Louisville had it vacated in 2013. Love Jalen Adams and Mobley, but give me the Wolverines moving on there. Next one, Cincinnati versus Bucknell. This would be a low-scoring game. Wouldn't be that exciting, but give me Cincinnati with their defense and all-around play moving into the second round. St. Mary's number seven versus 10 Kansas State. St. Mary's hasn't played anyone this year outside of Gonzaga. Their non-conference schedule was brutal. Kansas State was, is battle-tested in the Big 12, so I think the Kansas State Wildcats will move on and upset St. Mary's, the seventh seed. And then Auburn versus USC Santa Barbara versus UC Santa Barbara. The Auburn Tigers will win that one, even though they're shorthanded, and move on. Now the next round. We have Xavier versus Oklahoma. Give me Xavier moving on there against Oklahoma. They will solve the Trey Young mystery. Then number 12, South Dakota State, number 13, Vermont. The Vermont Catamounts behind John Becker and all that he's done will find their way. Recapturing the magic of Sorrentine and Coppenrath from 2005 and even going further as the Vermont Catamounts would push their way and find their way into the Elite Eight, as incredible as that would be, upsetting the Vermont Catamounts would find themselves in the Sweet 16 going against Xavier. On the bottom, Michigan versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati can't score with any consistency. Will all lament how Gary Clark really should do more than he does. A Michigan team that's battle-tested with a great coach. That will shoot the three. That will hurt that help and recover defense of Cincinnati. And they won't find enough offense to match it. So give me Michigan moving on. And give me K-State upsetting Auburn. A shorthanded Auburn team that doesn't shoot threes well on the on the road. So give me Kansas State moving on there as a 10 seed. So this bracket, we have the one seed Xavier Musketeers, the 13 seed of Vermont Catamounts, the six seed of Michigan Wolverines, and the 10 seed of Kansas State Wildcats at the top. I will pick the Vermont Catamounts to upset Xavier and somehow make the Elite Eight here in the NCAA tournament. The 13 seed Vermont Catamounts will become darlings of the tournament. We'll talk about how great John Becker is. Xavier has always kept the games close against inferior opponents with talent, and Vermont will take advantage. 
They will do a great job and move on here in the Sweet 16 where they will face the number six seeded Michigan Wolverines. Folks, it's just the bracket. It's the draw. That is a weak bracket. I know people are going to yell at me. How are you moving Michigan on? You've been talking about them all year. It's take lock. No, it's not take lock. Michigan, St. Bonaventure, Cincy, Bucknell, St. Mary's, Kansas State, Auburn, and UC Santa Barbara is a pretty weak talent bracket, folks. Give me Michigan to move on there and defeat Kansas State and go into the elite eight where they will defeat Vermont. Boy, did I want to put Vermont in that final four, but I can't do it. Give me Michigan moving on as the sixth seed. Therefore, my final four in San Antonio, according to Jerry Palm's bracket, would be the four-seeded Wichita State Shockers, the number one-seeded Villanova Wildcats, the number three-seeded Purdue Boilermakers, the number six-seeded Michigan Wolverines, and I will take Wichita State to upset Villanova, make it into the championship game where they will face Purdue. Purdue will beat Michigan three times in a row. Much to, you know, Gus is wiping his brow right now. So give me Wichita State versus Purdue in the championship game. And in that game, I will take the Wichita State Shockers to be your national champion out of the four seed Wichita State making a run, playing great, balanced, great coach. And after getting getting really handed some terrible seeds over and over again every single year, give me Wichita State to cut the nets down in San Antonio and defeat the Purdue Boilermakers who will also have a great season. So there you go, folks. Practice number two for Selection Sunday coming up real soon. We have Wichita State winning the South. We have Villanova winning the East. We have Purdue winning the West. And we have Michigan winning the Midwest. Those are your final four teams from Jerry Palm's Bracket. We don't have take lock. This is fluid here. Remember, if you like what you hear, please go to iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to the podcast. Give us a five-star rating and a review. Screen the screen of College Basketball Podcast. Gus and I are going to be coming back with you later this week. We'll have another podcast together. Gus will have his mid-major. We'll try to get some interviews as well. Things are really rolling here. We're under two weeks to Selection Sunday. It's the best time of the year. And if you want to continue to win and you want to have the best bracket and you want to win your bracket pools, you have to practice. Practice makes perfect. Avoid the take lock, folks, and go with what you think in your gut. But keep your gut fluid. Keep it moving as you watch these games and fine-tune your opinions as you get ready for Selection Sunday. Thanks so much for listening. Screen the Screen of College Basketball Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at SDS Podcast. We'll see you soon, folks.